0: All right, what is up, Top Turtle MMA fam? This is Shockwave Dave, and we have a very special episode of Top Turtle MMA this week because we are going crazy for UFC Lincoln. When is the last time you got excited about anything coming out of Nebraska? Well, fear no more because it's Gaethje versus James Vick this weekend, which is a killer fight, and it's kind of a sneaky good card. We are interviewing three fighters from that card today, Courtney Casey, Eric Anders and Corey Sandhagen, and it's all brought to you by my favorite fightwear company, ADK Fightwear. You can meet them at the top. Go to adkfightwear.com. Enter in promo code Turtle. Get yourself 20% off discount. I wear ADK Fightwear around my jujitsu jitsu gym and at competitions, and I always get compliments on it. I have to give a special shout-out to their arm bars and stripes rash guard. It's $25. I get compliments on it all the time. Head on over to ADKFightwear.com. Check it out. It is badass as fuck. I apologize for the language, but I feel very strongly about it because I'm always getting compliments on it. And you could get an additional 20% off by using promo code Turtle. So go to adkfightwear.com, they bring you our gigantic UFC Lincoln preview, and we'll kick it off right now, Gumby interviewing UFC strawweight Courtney Casey.
1: Gumpy, reeling with Top Turtle MMA on FlowCombat.com, and today we have the pleasure of speaking with Courtney Casey, who fights Angela Hill at Fight Night Lincoln on August 25th. Uh, Courtney, let's talk about your last two fights because they were both split decision losses, and I think just about everybody agrees you won the Waterson fight, and I think most people think you won the Herrig fight as well. Why do you think these fights aren't going your way when they get to the judges' scorecards?
2: Um, you know it's... I'm really not too sure. I mean, um, we look back at the film, and it just looks like, you know, we're just losing little moments here and there. Um, you know, and, and I, I, every, anything can happen when it goes to the judges. You don't know how they're going to score score each round um, or what they're exactly looking for, you know, out of us. I know, like, they have the main, you know, cage control and in strikes and stuff like that, but when you look at the fights, like, I'm, I'm pretty close on all those, so it's it's kind of hard to tell. Um, but you know, we're just trying to keep keep the fight out of the hands of the judges and stuff like that. Um, both of their names weighed a lot heavier than mine did going into the fight as well, so you know that can always play a part. Um, but yeah, you know, our our main thing is just making sure that we clean up uh, those moments and, and make sure we make bigger impacts in each round and, and keep that keep the fight out of the hands
1: judges. Mm-hmm. And, and you mentioned that their names have a big weight to it. Do, do you feel that the judges weigh names heavily? And if so, you know how how would they weigh somebody's name like Angela Hill next year's?
2: Um, I I do think it weighs a little bit heavier. Um, you know, um, it shouldn't be that way, but I definitely think when it does go to the scorecards, I mean, you can, you you go in knowing like, oh Michelle Watterson, you know what I mean? Oh, Fleece Herring, like. You know you see them before like you look you, their name pops out before my name pops out you know just on just on a, a card in general mm-hmm. um, so same with Angela Hill I mean she I, I like to fly in I mean it doesn't bother me you know what I mean it sucks that it goes that way but you know like I'm gonna be true to who I am I'm not gonna go out of my way to be anything else um, you know I don't get involved in a lot of that social media drama and, and stuff like that that Angela Hill gets in and I don't implement my two cents into every little thing that I can you know, I just, I just train and, and, you know, I stay humble and, and just be, you know, just be me. Um, but yeah, you know, I definitely think that if you were to ask people who Angela Hill was or ask them who I was, I definitely think more people would know who she was before they knew me.
1: Yeah. And that that's certainly an interesting take too on the judges with, with that. Uh, does it give you more pressure to have to finish this fight against Angela Hill? Like, are, are you going out there with like a mentality that this is definitely got to be finished?
2: yeah i mean every every fight i go into i definitely want to finish the fight i mean most of my fights have come in the first round i only have i think two decision wins in my entire career um so yeah i mean i always look to finish the fight i think that's you know what keeps the ufc calling me for for fights and, and high profile fights because i do definitely go out and and try to finish the fights no matter where it goes whether it's standing or if it's on the ground um so, yeah, you know, I definitely, definitely want to go out and finish the fight for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. And and they say sort of that you you learn more from losses than you do from wins. Obviously, those fights don't feel like losses. So, like, how do you rebound from those? What do you take away from those? And, and how do you continue to grow after fights like that?
2: Um, Same as any fight. You know, I take wins and losses is exactly the same. You know, what I mean, we go back, we look at the film, we make adjustments. You know, my thing is just making sure that I'm growing with each fight, whether I win or lose. I got to make sure that I continue to grow as a as a mixed martial artist, and and that's what we do. You know, we try to make um, uh, adjustments to to my weaker areas of my game and, and make those um, you know strong points, so that I don't have very many weak points um, when it comes fight night. And you know, that's that's just what we've been doing since since the get go. And definitely now that I'm with the MMA lab, um, I definitely think those gaps are getting filled a lot quicker
1: yeah and and you you mentioned in there too that you're you're just trying to grow with every single fight and trying to move forward off of every single fight with those two fights now being blemishes on your record or at least in, you know on what the record looks like are they losses that you want to avenge or do you just try to move on from those and, and try to move on to bigger and better things
2: no i mean i definitely i definitely see myself fighting those girls again um i would like to avenge them for sure i mean um Nothing's better than coming back from, from a loss and getting a win, but you know I'm just I'm just happy being able to get in there and fight um, whoever they give me. Mm-hmm. But I definitely know that those girls are going to be in the top for a while, and I, I plan on seeing myself there as well. So I, I definitely think we're going to have to we're going to have to go in there and, and do it again sooner than later.
1: Mm-hmm. So so let's move on from the past. Let's talk a little bit about the future. You you took this fight on short notice, which is always kind of a weird situation. How close to a full camp were you able to have for this fight?
2: I would say about 60%, you know what I mean? Um, I was busy a lot before. I mean, I was still training, of course, but, you know, I was helping out my teammates, and I helped. Um, I went out to Boise, Idaho, and 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 helped Jody Escobar over there as well, you know, so I've been just kind of moving and just really kind of immersing myself in, in MMA and, and it, with the company, uh, with the UFC and stuff, so just being around it and just being more familiar with it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, as soon as I got the call, I mean, I was already back home and, and getting back settled in, but, yeah, um, we went, we went, jumped right back into it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel good. Um, you know, we do, definitely wouldn't have taken the fight if we didn't think that it was a, you know, a good fight for me, a good matchup, and then we didn't have enough time. But we sat with the coaches, and we thought it was a good amount of time and um, enough time in between each fight. I mean, I think this is going to be my third fight in nine months. So, um, you know, we're kind of on a roll with that. Uh, but yeah, you know, I feel good and, and I'm definitely excited for it. I definitely think it was, it was good timing. You know, of course I would have liked a couple more weeks, but you know, you take what you get.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, you've mentioned your, your team a couple of times, the MMA lab, something I wanted to talk about too. It, it seems like every single day there's another UFC fighter, another guy in contender series. There's somebody in LFA out of the MMA lab, more people being signed all the time. Is it just nonstop craziness there with fight camps now? How, how do the coaches sort of, uh, weed through all of the different fighters all the time and focus on the people in camp.
2: Um, yeah, we do definitely have a lot of guys that are in camp. Not only in the UFC, but we have, like you said, LFA, we have Bellator, um, we have a lot of smaller local shows as well that we have guys on. Um, but it it's easy. I mean we got a, a you know, John Crouch has been around for a long time. He knows how to handle all that and delegate, you know, who goes with who and, and stuff like that. And also we have a lot of, you know, fighters in the ufc that help out as well you know like i help out with jakar close and me and both both me and jakar helped out with bobby moffitt you know um we got dave michaud that's going to be helping bam bam and, and things like that so it's not just the coaches it's it's the whole team that you know step up and, and we take part in in people's camps and cornering and, and things like that so it's it's definitely a whole team atmosphere like everyone we're not just training par- partners we're coaches and and we're teammates and we're a family at the end of the day and and that's how i think that's what you know kind of drives us to the success that we've been having is because we're such a close close-knit team and family
1: yeah and you you definitely get that feel too every single time you hear somebody talk about john crouch so uh it's good to hear it again from another fighter uh let's talk about the fight real quick too here so angela hill obviously a pretty athletic fighter good kickboxing base um do you expect this to take place mostly on the feed or do you expect your wrestling to sort of play a factor here in in grinder out too
2: um you know i'm 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 happy wherever the fight goes i think that's what kind of makes me one of one of the more exciting fighters is is if if you want to stand and bang i'm going to stand and bang you want to go to the ground we'll go to the ground you know what i mean i'm just trying to beat you wherever you take the fight um you know i try to implement my game plan as much as possible but you know sometimes things don't go your way sometimes you want to stand and they take you down and you got to work from there i feel like i can adjust well in in those moments and and get the job done wherever the fight goes but i definitely think angela is going to want to keep it standing i know she's really comfortable there but at the end of the day you know a lot of people seem to be wanting to take me down so i can see her trying to take the fight to the ground for sure
1: Mm -hmm. now obviously we're not rooting for another split decision or even a decision in this (laughs) case but uh what what's sort of your prediction for this fight if this fight goes exactly how you want it to uh how does it end
2: uh, I think it's going to be a second round finish. I do. I think it's going to be like a TKO for sure. Um, in the second round.
1: All right. Well, you heard it here first. Courtney Casey fights Angela Hill at fight night, Lincoln on August 25th. Courtney, once again, thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate it.
0: Thank you. All right. That interview with UFC strawweight, Courtney Casey was brought to you by Sisu mouth Sisu makes the thinnest, most lightweight, durable mouth guard on the market. I can't recommend these mouthguards enough. I use them all the time. You can actually talk. You can have a full conversation with a Sisu mouthguard in your mouth. That, to me, is worth the price of admission alone. If you're doing uh, heavy-duty training, but you still want to talk to your coaches or relay something, you can actually talk with the mouthguard in your mouth. That's how thin and lightweight it is, but still protecting your chompers and keeping you safe against things such as CTE, head on over to sisuguard.com, that's S-I-S-U-guard.com, and experience the difference of a Sisu mouthguard. Tell them Top Turtle sent ya, and you can thank us later. Once again, this is Top Turtle MMA podcast on flowcombat.com. I am Shockwave Dave, but I'm without my partner in crime, Gumby, today. Why? Because he's giving birth to his first child. Well, I should say his lovely wife, Emma, is giving birth to their first child. Congrats to them. But he's obviously out for the week. But you do get his interviews with UFC Lincoln fighters, so we're excited about that. Now, I have to tell you, we have some exciting announcements here at Top Turtle MMA. Head on over to our Twitter, at Top Turtle MMA. You will see our pinned tweet. If you know about Twitter, you know all about pinned tweets. You can win an MMA autograph, a sick MMA autograph. Ask other Twitter users how we do our MMA autograph giveaways. We've had so many happy customers. Uh, we've had giveaways, trivia contests. Someone gets a nice signed autograph photo of a UFC fighter. And we're doing the same again for UFC Lincoln. So go to our, tur- our Twitter page, at Top Turtle MMA. Retweet and follow us. Retweet the pinned tweet. And enter your chance to win some cool UFC Lincoln fighter photos. We're giving them away with a retweet and a follow. And a bonus entry for every fight you pick correct on the main card. So if you pick five, six fights correct, you're going to get six entries into our Pick'em contest. So fun stuff there. It's at Top Turtle MMA. Now, speaking of UFC Lincoln, let's talk a little bit about this card because... It's sneaky good. It's headlined by Justin Gaethje versus James Vick. When's the last time you saw a boring uh, Justin Gaethje fight? Spoiler alert, you haven't. Vick is a minus 150 favorite. Gaethje, a slight underdog at plus 130. I'm taking Gaethje here. I like him as a dog. Uh, I think Vick's reach will be tough to contend with, but obviously I like Gaethje's heart. And I think if he fights just a little bit smarter... He is the better striker, in my humble opinion, over James Vick. So just call it a gut feeling. I'm liking Justin Gaethje as a plus-130. Co-main event, Andre Feely, plus-120 dog, versus Michael Johnson, 140. Like the favorite here, Michael Johnson. I just happen to think he's a better striker. I don't feel like either of these two guys are future champions by any stretch of the imagination. But I like Michael Johnson here. He's not going to get taken down. It's going to be contested largely on the feet. And I trust Michael Johnson there more than I trust Andre Feely. Of course, friend of the show, Courtney Casey. We talked to her earlier. She's a slight dog at plus 120 versus Angela Hill. Minus 140 favorite. Guess what? Not just because she did our show, I happen to like Courtney Casey here. I think she's a better all-around MMA fighter than Angela Hill. Time, of course, will tell this Saturday. But I'm liking her at plus 120. And then you have Brian Barbarana, MMA Lab product, another friend of the show. Minus 500 favorite versus... Jake Ellenberger. When are you going to see Brian Barberena as a minus 500 favorite against anyone? He's the world's most favorite underdog. Take him here at minus 500. You really can be very safe with that pick. I know it's large odds at minus 500, but I do not see him losing to Jake Ellenberger. And then our next guest, Eric Anders, is a minus 1000 favorite versus Tim Williams at plus 650. Let's hear from Eric Anders now, but I don't think you have to guess or be Miss Cleo or be a psychic or have ESPN to realize I'm taking Eric Eric Anders all the way. Let's hear from him now.
1: This is Daniel Gumby, Breeland, with Top Turtle MMA on flowcombat.com, and today we have the pleasure of speaking to Eric Anders, who fights Tim Williams at Fight Night Lincoln on August 25th. Uh, Eric, last time out, you uh, you suffered your first career setback against Loyola Machida. They they say you learn more from losses than wins. What did you take away from the Machida fight?
3: Um, I think the biggest takeaway from the Machida fight was, um, you know, really seeing how how judges see and score fights. Um, you know, uh, if you look at the significant strikes, yeah, he outlanded me. Um, by a pretty big margin, I believe, but, you know, they were all, like, leg kicks and, you know, like, foot kicks and whatnot. So, you know, during the fight, you know, he would, like, kick my leg or whatever, and I wasn't really thinking too much about it, you know, really didn't do any damage or do anything to affect the fight. Um, and He, you know, he really didn't land anything, you know, significant, like, you know, that 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 hurt or whatever. So, you know, I, I, I see now that you can, like, just chip away. And, uh, you know, win fights like that. Not really my style, but, you know, if I ever fight somebody like that again, I'll kind of have a gauge on where the fight is actually at in the eyes of the judges.
1: Yeah, so, you know, you you mentioned that, and, and it's really hard to tell how judges score things. And, and with not being, going to decision all that often, did you feel like that fight was in your hand when they were reading the decision?
3: Uh, to be honest, you know, I really didn't know, because, Um, I really, it's hard to remember what happens in which round, right? That's how the fights are scored, you know, round by round, not at the end. Okay. I think that guy won. So, you know, uh, but going back and watching, you know, during the fight after, you know, after the fight, I didn't, I really didn't know. Um, so, but, you know, I think if you look at his demeanor, he thinks he lost. I thought I won. So, you know. Um, but going back and watching the fight, I think that I won rounds two, three, and four, and you know he got one and five. So, um, you know, it is what it is, and you know, definitely going in there to to get finishes.
1: Yeah, and and you know, obviously some of that too is is you're fighting. There's a, a highly uh, motivated Brazilian crowd. They're cheering for the the Machida. Every single Machida strike versus maybe booing some of your strikes. Um, did, did, was fighting in Brazil difficult for that reason? Were there other reasons it was tough to fight in Brazil?
3: I, I, don't, I don't think the, it was tough to fight in Brazil. I loved Brazil. The uh, Brazilian fans, you know, were awesome. Uh, treated me well. I ate some of the best food that I've <laughs> ever had. Um, you know, it, it was cool, man. I, I really liked fighting in Brazil. I want to do it again. Um, I think the bottom line, it just came down to the fight itself came down to you know who was busier um you know i just at the end of the day i just didn't throw enough strikes um didn't hold them down when i got him down clinched when i should have took a step back and threw punches um i made a lot of correctable errors uh in that fight but you know i'll be back
1: and, and do you think that that's going to change your approach to your upcoming fight uh which we'll talk about in a second with tim williams do you think you'll be a different fighter because of that
3: um, yeah, you know, I, I, you know, it's been six months as I fought. I'm always continuing to evolve. Um, I think uh, also with Machida, you know, when he throws his strikes, like he leans back. Like I was catching him. I was hitting him. But, you know, I was off by just a hair because, you know, he leans back when he throws his kicks, and, you know, he dips his head off to the side. something I re- really hadn't seen before uh, in action, so. Uh, Tim Williams is a little bit different guy. He's more up and down, more straightforward, not as elusive. Uh, I don't think he has the the arsenal that the Machida has or the explosion, the, the, you know. Um, so, um, I think this fight ends quite a bit differently than that Machida fight did.
1: Yeah, and, and you're 100% right. Obviously, you can't compare the striking game of Oil and Machida to, to Tim Williams, But Tim Williams is a pretty accomplished grappler, too. He's a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. Is is there any, you know, have you put any emphasis on avoiding the ground game and making this a striking game? Or are you perfectly comfortable going to the ground and smashing and staying on top like you did uh, a little bit against Machida, too?
3: Man, I'm, I'm fine no matter where the fight goes. Even if I do get taken down, which I think will be his game plan, to press me against the cage, work for a takedown, and work from the clinch, um... You know, I'm very comfortable in my ability to sweep, submit, or stand up off my back. So uh, every time I've gotten taken down in and outside of the UFC, I've been able to get up uh, or get on top. So it's, I'm not really worried about it. Um, I train every facet of the sport, so you know, I'm good wherever the fight takes place.
1: Yeah, and you said sweep or submit too. There, we we haven't seen much of a submission game out of Eric Anders so far in the UFC. What's your uh, what's your go to submission on the ground?
3: Uh, man, you know I, I I got a lot of stuff, man, a lot of stuff in the arsenal. I just don't really never get a chance to use it, you know. Uh, Guys get slippery in there, so you know, I, I really focus on, on getting up because sometimes guys go for those submissions and they burn their arms out on a guillotine or a darts or something, or they go for an arm bar and they slip out. So, you know, I just prefer to get back to my feet or get on top and hit them with some ground pound.
1: Yeah, so obviously you like the punches in the head better than the submissions. So uh, for your prediction for this upcoming fight, how do you see this one ending?
3: Uh, I think I'm going to knock Tim Williams out, man. I think all four of his losses are by knockout, and we're going to add a fifth one today.
1: Oh, I like the sound of that. Now, wh- I'm going to ask you for one more prediction before we let you go. One week after you fight in Lincoln, uh, your alma mater, Alabama, kicks off their season. Uh, what's your prediction this season for Alabama record-wise?
3: Ah, uh, man, you know, as long as Coach Sam is at the helm, you know, I think they stand a pretty good chance of, of going undefeated. I don't think Louisville uh, has the firepower they had last year, certainly not the quarterback position anyway. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think that, uh, you know, Bama rolls over Louisville. And, you know, uh, it's the latter half of the season that, that, that Bama, you know, that Auburn game is always tough. LSU always comes uh, and brings it. So, you know, the SEC is definitely the, the best conference in college football. So, highly competitive. And, uh, but I think Bama sees the playoffs again this year, if not another championship.
1: All right. Well, we're certainly looking forward to that season, and we're looking forward to Eric Andrews' fights, who once again fights Tim Williams in Lincoln, Nebraska, on August 25th. Eric, thanks again so much for the time. We really appreciate it.
0: I hey, appreciate it, bro. As always, that interview with Eric Anders was brought to you by ADK Fightwear. Go to ADKFightwear.com, enter in promo code TURTLE, and get yourself 20% off. People, I'm telling you, this is the most underrated, unknown, best fightwear company. Their graphics are sick. They're clean. They're not over the top. You're not going to look like some douchebag roaming around your local mall in 2006 wearing a tap-out shirt. These are awesome geese. These are awesome rash guards. These are awesome hooded sweatshirts and t-shirts. Go to eighty K Fightwear. You can thank me later. You're going to like the way you look. I am f and guarantee it. But we're not done with our UFC Lincoln preview. Oh, no sirree, Bob. We have more to come. And I'm talking about an interview with rising prospect Corey Sandhagen. You're going to want to hear from this guy. He's 8-1 as a pro. He's fighting Uri Icantara this weekend. And if you want the odds on that, uh, Icantara is actually a, let's see here, plus 210 dog. To Corey Sandhagen, again, the prospect, a minus 250 favorite. We're feeling good about him. We interviewed him. Listen to it right now. Brought to you by ADK Fightwork.
1: This is Daniel Gumby, Vreeland, with Top Turtle MMA on FlowCombat.com. Today we have the pleasure of speaking to Corey Sandhagen, who fights Iuri Alcantara at Fight Night Lincoln on August 25th. So, Corey, uh, you know, you, you turned pro only three years ago, and here you are in the UFC fighting a former top challenger in Iuri Alcantara. Does this feel like it all happened like so fast?
4: Uh yeah, it happened very quickly for me. Uh, I kind of knew that that's how it was gonna go though. Um, when I first started, uh, I didn't even really have any amateur I didn't take a didn't take the fights when I was in college. I was a little bit more focused on my studies, but I was always training in the gym. Uh, so I was gonna be the quickest feeder into the UFC, and that's kind of the route that me and my coaches went. And, the guys that I was training with had all the right
1: connections, and uh
4: just worked out good i got I got there really really healthy really young and and, and really hungry so it's good
1: yeah and does it does it ever take like a do you need to take a step back and just like realize how lucky you are that you have those connections and, and that ability to to stay healthy as long as you did when so many get hurt
4: <clears throat> yeah um I think you'll be pretty hard pressed to find someone as grateful as I am uh for everything that's kind of been given to me. Um, With that comes a lot of effort on my part But man, like, I explain it to everyone is The stars just lined up for me Yeah, and, and My success, know, I, I, I attribute
1: to that mm-hmm. And speaking of the stars lining up for you I mean, here you are in your second pro fight As I said before, you're getting Erie Alcantara <laughs> Who is a 45 yeah. fight veteran He's been in the UFC forever Tons of submissions, really good striking how, how do you expect a fight to go with him Being as diverse as he is?
4: Um, I don't really know to be honest. I guess we'll see how uh, how it goes when we get in there. I've, I watched a little bit of tape on him. I kind of let my coaches do that and then let them relay off the information to me. But um, it's gonna be interesting to see how he stands uh, fighting a fighting a new style of southpaw is always a little bit different. Um, and then to actually fighting anyone outside of our gym because our gym we move a lot. We we're kind of up to date with all of the new things um, and and all the new techniques and the way that people are fighting that are, that are really successful, like Lomachenko, the way that TJ is fighting right now. And um, it'll be interesting to see how we, how we, how I stack up against him uh, and what tools I'll need to bring. But I'm very confident that whatever tools I, I need to adjust and whatever Whatever I need to do to to fight against the style that Yuri has, uh, I'm very confident that we'll be able to figure that. It's really
1: His
4: timing seems weird. The shots that he throws come from kind of the angles, so it'll be interesting. We'll see.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm really glad in that answer too. You brought up, you know, your team, Team Elevation, uh, out in Colorado a lot of big names coming through there, uh, permanently and temporarily, you know, you've seen Gaethje, Magni, Blades, you mentioned TJ, Lomachenko. What's sort of the biggest thing you've picked up from working with so many veteran names?
4: A lot of confidence. Um, yeah, um, Marshall, um all those guys um had were were the coaches of all of the top guys when when i was just a teenager training at training at the pro gym at grudge and and easton's with all of those guys when i was young um so like that just gives me a lot of confidence man like when i was eight, seventeen, eighteen 17 18 years old i was in the same room as shane dwayne brennan shaw Nate marquardt Uh, Christian Allen, Rashad Evans was there every once in a while. GSP was there every once in a while. So, like, I I grew up in a gym like that. Um, So, just, I mean, that's just, like, a normal thing. Like, going around with the best guys in the world. Donald was there a lot. Um, Those rounds are just normal to me. You know, that's it gives me a lot of confidence. And uh, it reminds me that, like, uh, I'm not just some, like, random villager (laughs) who The Spartan culture, like that's I was raised by wolves.
1: Yeah. So, and in, in you mentioned in there too that you know, uh you know, you did that as a as a kid. Were were you ever like starstruck as a kid, or was it just like, oh, there's George, or oh, there's Donald?
4: Um. Yeah. A little bit as a kid. Uh. When I was seventeen, eighteen, I progressed really fast in the sport. I picked it up really quickly. Um, I like a good. I, I don't want to say like a good athletic career growing up, but I was always good at sports. I was always uh, the better guy on the team, whatever I was playing. Um, so at first it was very, but like I said, now it's just normal doing rounds with the with the best in the world. are kind of like my normal rounds every day, <laughs> which is a good thing. And then sometimes it did Sometimes on a day like today, when it's not the best day in the world, it's a little bit tedious, but. Those days are important, too.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, it, it's great timing right now to have training for a fight with, you know, Justin Gaethje training out of the same gym as you. He, he's headlining the event you're on. What's it been like getting through a camp with a guy like Gaethje?
4: Um, Gaethje comes on the sparring uh. He's not a southpaw, so I haven't been training with Gechi too much. Um I've been training with Drew a, a lot more than I've been training with Gagey because Drew's a Southpaw. Um but yeah, uh Gechi Ga- trains, you know, he, he trains smart. He doesn't fight or he doesn't train the way he does. Work right. He works in the seventh gym. Uh, it, it doesn't turn into like a, a slaughter fest when, when he's doing any of his rounds with anyone, or, or when I'm doing my rounds with anyone. Um, we, we, we treat each other with a lot of respect and, and we're, we all have the understanding that we're all there to get better. Um, and we're not just going to knock each other's heads off.
1: <laughs> well, that, that, that's probably good considering how his last couple of fights have gone. <laughs> um, so, yeah. <laughs> we we also wanted to ask you uh, you know, in, in addition to all the training you do, we understand you have a second job in addition to fighting. I wanted to know how hard it is to balance those two and if if you could tell the the listeners a little bit about what else you do outside of the cage.
4: Yeah, sure. Um well, it's a, it's a nonprofit facility called Mount Saint Vincent's. Um it's a treatment facility for kids that have I guess, like, five, six years old, all the way up to 13, who who has histories of trauma. Uh, most of it is neglect and, and some form of abuse. Um, it was hard. I, I've been working there about three and a half years now. It was harder when I had to work a lot. Right now, um, all of my supervisors and the people that I work with understand the that I need to be at the gym a little bit more, so I only go in for... 10 hours a week just to kind of have something, um, that gives me a little bit more purpose in my life and just going and, and fighting people in the age. though so I can do a lot with that as well. Um, but I, I don't, I'm only there 10 hours a week before when I was working, it was like closer to 25, 30 a week, um, working weekends and things like that. I don't have to do that too much anymore and make ends meet, but, um, that job just gives me just gives me like another sense of purpose it's important for me that fighting isn't the only thing that that i have to to validate and and all of that in my life like uh i really enjoy going going to work uh the two days that i go and uh hanging out with the kids and um being as good as i can to them and in the in the tough cards that they were dealt
1: that that's absolutely awesome, and, and always really cool to hear about fighters. You know what they're doing outside to to better other people's lives. Do the, do the kids you you work with know about your second job punching people in the face on weekends? Uh, they think that I,
4: I'm fighting John Cena on <laughs> October 25th, <laughs> so they have no idea really what's going on. A couple of the older ones kind of know, you know, like the, but when I, I I don't try to tell them like that. I I don't make it a big deal, really, to anyone. Um, But, yeah, I I mean, when it does leak through and a couple of the boys there will be like, ah, don't mess with Corey. He fights in the UFC. Uh, Blah, blah, blah. Don't hit him. You know, um, I kind of, like, laugh it off. But, really, I don't – I mean, they don't think that I'm, like – any big deal, you know, like they don't think that I'm on T V. Like I'll joke with them. I'll be like, Yeah man, I'll be on cable. Like you should watch me and they'll be like, No, you're not and <laughs> so it's kind of just a little bit of a it's a joke that I play with them. I tell them that I'm fighting the rock or John Singer or whoever's popular right now. But now nah, they don't really know what's going on. They're a little too young.
1: Well, we, uh, we we really appreciate the time. And uh, if you're looking for, for Corey to be fighting John Cena, you might be a little bit upset because he will be fighting Erie Cantara at Fight Night Lincoln on August 25th. Corey, thanks again so much for the time. We appreciate it.
0: Yeah, thank you, man. Have a good day. All right, that was Corey Sandhagen. This was Top Turtle MMA Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our UFC Lincoln preview. That fight card is this Saturday, the 25th, on FS1. We, of course, will be back next week. Head on over to Top Turtle MMA on Twitter. Check out our giveaway right now for your chance to win a signed UFC uh, photo and autograph of a UFC fighter. Pretty exciting stuff. Just have to retweet and follow. You'll see it on our pinned tweet. And if you know Twitter, you'll know what I'm talking about when I say pinned tweet. This was Shockwave Dave filling in for Daniel gumby Breland. We'll be back next week.